Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Hey, and welcome back to GEMS Podcast. I am the founder and host, Ms. Genesis Amaris Kemp, and with me today is Josh Kramer. Here's a bit about Josh. Joshua Kramer is the author and creator of The Unicorn in You, a personal growth and development perspective that emphasizes five key principles as the foundation for peace and joy. He is the managing partner of Kramer Chandler, a founding partner of Real Connex, an active member of YPO. When not pursuing his passion for traveling, he can be found walking around town with his beloved Havanese buddy. I hope I said that right. So today, Josh and I are going to be focusing on the principles as a path to peace and joy. Then we're also going to dive in a little bit deeper to see some of the personal struggles that he's faced and overcome. So without further ado, please welcome Josh Kramer to GEMS Podcast. Hi, Genesis. Thanks so much for having me. My pleasure, Josh. So I'm going to give you two options here. You could either play a rapid fire game with me at the end, or we could break the ice up front. Let's break it up front. Okay. We're breaking the ice, y'all. So Josh, you can share a fun and interesting fact about yourself or something crazy that you've done in your life. I'm going to share something interesting, or at least it is to me. (laughs) And it's, it's interesting because it was probably the best experience that I'd had in my life. And I reflect back on this as something that I did 30 years ago. And when I was 16 years old, I worked in the United States Congress as a page in the House of Representatives. And I spent my second semester of my junior year in the 102nd Congress. I was with 65 other kids from around the country. We went to school in the Library of Congress from 645 in the morning till 10 o'clock in the morning, and then went to work on the House floor, which is where if you ever watch C-SPAN or even the State of the Union, which we got to see up front our second day there. And we worked as messengers, effectively. And it was a 200-year-old program that unfortunately came to an end probably about 12, 13 years ago. But to this day, it was probably the best thing I've ever done. Wow, that is interesting. How did you even get selected to have that job? So I had a friend that was a few years older than me. And when I was visiting with my family down in Washington, D.C., they said, we have to go look him up. He's working there as a page. I didn't even know what that meant. And when I saw what he was doing, I said, I want to do this. So probably a year out, I started replying to the congressmen and senators in my area. I'm from New Jersey. I applied to both Senator Bill Bradley and Frank Lautenberg, wasn't accepted. I applied to multiple congressmen until one from the 8th District, Bob Rowe, accepted me, nominated me. And then I had to be accepted. And I found out 10 days before I was supposed to go that I was finally going. And so that was a long time ago, but to this day, the, the kids that I was pages with were are still among my, my closest. Wow, that's really interesting. And just the job title, the name, oh, what, what do you do? I'm a page. I'm a and page. like, it makes you think of like a page in the book. It doesn't really sound like yep. something Congress, but super cool and interesting. Not glamorous at all, but again, one of the most fulfilling and satisfying things. And just so fortunate to, to, um, 
to have had that experience and really have a, an upfront seat um, at kind of the inner workings of our government. Amazing. I'm sure you learned quite a bit there, as well as had a lot of proprietary information. I'm sure you could divulge. Yes, or not, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> so let's dive into the five principles as a path to peace and joy. But before you develop these principles, I'm sure they came out of you overcoming the struggles you faced in your life. Is that correct? Yeah, no, it's very true. And just by way of background, I probably have been reading self-help books or what I would call self-help books. Now we call them personal growth and development. Probably been reading them for the better part of 25 years. I first started when I was 19 years old and I had my first struggles with sadness and depression. And it was something that was very confusing to me at the time. It was scary. It was something that I didn't talk about with anyone. And I remember just trying to grasp onto something that would give me a sense of comfort, just, just any type of nugget that could help me overcome some of the worries and anxieties that I carried at that young age. And unfortunately, a lot of these struggles persisted for many, many years. And I continued to read these books. And probably the, the peak of my real struggles was maybe in my mid to late 30s. And as I tried to find some sort of approach or mechanism, nothing really came to me naturally. A lot of the books I read were wonderful, but they didn't really have any uh, long sustaining success, at least for me. I thought that they weren't very instinctive. I'd have to go through and break down all of the different processes. And so it wasn't until a few years ago at the onset of COVID when this very confusing time came in the world, like all of us, we didn't know what it really meant. But I was trying to lean on some of these books I had read and find something that could just give me some comfort and a little bit of relief for what was to come, which obviously we didn't know what was to come. And nothing came naturally to me. And that's when I thought that I could perhaps develop an unself-help approach, something that didn't feel so much like a process. And that was effectively the genesis, no pun intended, for these five foundational principles, which I think are very helpful in helping us to determine our foundation for being and understanding that they make us feel solid because all I wanted was to feel light. But I think in order to feel light, we first have to be solid. Absolutely. And thank you for sharing the background and the context around what led you to get there. And it wasn't long ago that you established these five principles. So they're still very relevant, um, but they came out of necessity, out of the period where we were in the unknown. And some of us are still in that unknown period because the pandemic is still going on, whether we like it or not. And um, every time a new variant comes out, things look a little bit different. But you mentioned that you face sadness whenever you were growing up. Were the, uh, was that sadness derived from maybe a childhood trauma or what brought on that sadness? I think that for me, it certainly developed over time, maybe through experiences that I didn't have necessarily the emotional resources to deal with adequately. And so they were something that I think persisted and obviously when swept under um, and not even addressed, sometimes looking too closely can really make them difficult and obviously not looking them at all um, makes it really hard. For me, I think that growing up, I was more of a, a shy kid. I was more, had introverted tendencies. I could be extroverted, but more comfortable in the background as an observer. And so, as you know, that can tend to, you know, lead to some ruminations and, and sometimes unhealthy thoughts as well. And unfortunately is that 
as my sadness really kind of developed and deepened, I really didn't know how to get to the root of it, or at least to understand that there were certain elements that I would have to just learn to accept in many ways. And that's why acceptance is one of the principles, almost this idea that it's okay that we have feelings that sometimes are good and bad, and we can hold both on our heads at the same time. Thank you for sharing that. And I also think that too, another way that not only adults, um, but also younger children feel sad at certain periods of their time for various reasons. And I think it's based on the product of their environment. Um, If they're in a dual parent household, or if they're coming from a single family, if they've been a victim of bullying, if they have some self-consciousness or um, people just talk down to them and just have that negative thought, um, those negative thoughts then come from, you know, the negativity that they hear where people say, you're not good enough, you're a failure, you suck, or whatever the case may be. And people don't realize that those things take root at an early age. And then sometimes it's hard for that individual to shake it. And then they're carrying around that mental and emotional baggage and bondage into adult years. And then they wonder why that they're broken. And sometimes Um, because I'm South American and Caribbean descent, sometimes it's not conducive to go to a therapist. Like I remember when my father passed in November of 2020, I asked my mom if she wanted to do a therapy session with me. And she said, oh no, I don't need to go to a therapist. I'm fine. And I was like, okay, maybe that's just the Caribbean side of you because they don't believe in talking about certain things or it's like if you go to a paid professional that person's getting in your business or whatever the case may be but I see it different because I'm very Americanized and I was born here in America so um I don't know what your background is Josh but let me know if what I said resonated with you in any way and elaborate completely and I love I mean that's why I love the work you do and I think that when you bring this to the forefront and make it acceptable to talk about in many ways, and especially for, I think it's become so timely, you know, we hear so much, especially now people talking about um, taking care of your mental health, right? And sometimes it gets overused, sometimes it gets misused. But the point is, is that it's important to be talked about without shame. Because in so many ways, you know, whether it's how we grew up or what generation we grew up in or culturally, there are so many factors. There is a common thread, though, that connects all of us. And as that is, we generally feel a lot of the same things. We have had traumas. We've had bullying. We've had feelings of insecurity and doubt. In many ways, in in speaking them doesn't create any sort of shame, nor should it. And it doesn't make us any any less. As I mentioned, I was embarrassed initially when I first started suffering. I didn't. I was confused. In fact, I found that that's the emotion that I would ascribe to it. There was a sense of confusion to it, and not knowing how to talk about it. And I think addressing kind of the emotions behind it are probably the first step. Okay. Yeah. I definitely wholeheartedly agree addressing the emotions and the way that a male addresses the emotions are totally different than how a female will address those emotions. And I think that it's okay to say, I'm not okay, but I will get there. It's okay to seek out a paid and trained professional, whether it's a psychologist, a psychiatrist, a counselor, a life coach, but just make sure that that individual is actively listening to you and you feel like you're being heard versus being judged. 
Love what you said there. And if I could tie in a little bit to a couple of the principles in the book. So as you mentioned very generously in the beginning, this new book that I've written, The Unicorn You, is in many ways an unself-help approach. It's not a process. It's not something you have to try to figure out through. It's about really identifying the things in your life that matter to you and how it makes you whole. And so the idea is that kindness, gratitude, integrity, humility, and acceptance, I believe, are at the core, and there are many others, of what can bring us peace and joy because we take the emphasis off off of ourselves. But to something you said that I think is so true, this idea of letting go of judgments, that's so important, especially when I think of compassion-driven kindness. I think compassion is at the key of kindness, and I think letting go of judgments is how we get there. Now, the other piece to that is when you talk about listening versus hearing, it is so, so spot on. There is such a difference. And I was had a conversation today with someone is that we've all been in business meetings and you can always pick out the person who is getting ready to answer and reply and preparing the response and not really listening to what's being said there. And I think that listening, when we develop those skills a little bit more specifically, we tend to hear better. And then there is a big, big difference between listening and actually hearing and how we tie that in to letting go of judgments. I think then we can develop much, much deeper sense of kindness and humility. Absolutely. Cause there's always a way to connect the dots and just really show that person who's on the receiving end that I'm here for you. And I'm going through something. I may not be going through exactly what you're going through, but I hear you. I resonate with you and I'm going to connect with you based on whatever the silver lining is. And we're going to really dive into these five principles. But before we do that, I want you to um, share, why did you name your book, The Unicorn in You? All right. So I'll tell a quick story about this. November 2019, we can all think back that far. It was before the world changed for four months before that. I was down in Miami visiting my niece and nephew, my nephew's soccer game. He's nine years old. If you've been to any of your kids or nieces and nephews, you don't really go for the athletic competition at that level. Everyone's kind of running around. It's a little chaotic. And usually there are the siblings of the kids that are playing. And on this beautiful South Florida day, I was looking for my, my niece, my nephew's little sister, and she was four at the time. They pointed out to where she was on this little grassy area side the field. I caught her eye. She caught mine. She came running, gave me a big hug, and I complimented her rainbow sneakers. And this is the only time that her smile turned upside down, and she sternly corrected me. They're not rainbows. They're unicorns. And I looked at them, and for a moment, I felt that I wished I I could have felt the way she appeared, light and free and peaceful and joyful as only a child can. And when I initially spotted her, as I reflected on this, she was kind of basking in this very unselfconscious peace and joy. And as adults, we're so self-conscious, we don't play that way, nor do we sort of always carry ourselves that way. And so as I reflected back and started to write this book and thought about that day, I thought that that was very unicorn-like. It's aspirational, it's mythical, it's healing. There are so many elements to it that I think are childlike. We use our imagination with so many of these, especially with kindness. We can use imagination, let go of judgments. So I thought the unicorn, and this is a a short story long now, was a perfect symbol to identify how we can kind of find that greater potential in ourselves. So that's why I call the book The Unicorn in You. Ah, I 
I hope you told your niece that she had something to do with the inspiration. Not only did I tell her that, but she told everyone that. And I didn't think that it stayed with her. But since it's been a, you know, a, a year or so in the making, someone said to her, you know, Uncle Josh wrote a book inspired by you. She said, yeah, I know. And I don't know if you could see over my right shoulder, I received from her mother, just as my book was released, those unicorn sneakers, which sit on my desk in credenza here. And they're a great reminder, at least to me, of kind of to be light and free and peaceful and joyful. Can you bring the sneakers a little bit into focus? Because it's hard to see, but I'm interested to see these sneakers. And what stood out, because I am a sneakers chick by heart. And I love that she says they're not rainbows. They're unicorns because it's something sassy like that, I would say. So I have to really be mindful of how my daughter's going to act because she may be sassy like her mom. (laughs) That's all right. She could be worse things. And, but it's so true. And in many ways, um, that purity, right? That, that type of essence. And we've heard the word unicorn. and, And what's so funny is that nowadays I see unicorns everywhere. And I think it's their color, their vibrancy, their sense of life and vitality. And I really do believe it has to do with our greater potential. So it, it's, it's become the, the best symbol I could have chosen. And for, for the book, what I've done is, you know, created sort of that color and vibrancy to reflect on that. So there are many images and icons here that kind of capture the essence of it. Oh, nice. It looks like flowers and just different stuff on the book cover. Absolutely. So that's that's kind of the uh, the story, the backstory behind the unicorn. You know what? I challenge you to go get some adult unicorn sneakers because <laughs> now, now you could customize your sneakers. Like if you use Vans or Converse, they'll let you customize them. So here's the funniest thing. These are Vans. Her, her shoes are Vans. And I write in the book that in literally right after I tell the story in the introduction, I literally write for a brief moment, I was wondering if they made adult size pairs. And so I can admit that I have Googled and tried to find them and I would gladly try to pull them off. Oh, awesome. <laughs> now we're going to, whenever you do grab them and find them, which I'm sure you will, you probably didn't look hard enough. Just go to vans.com or um, Converse and I, I swear they will let you customize it. Like the things that my sister has gotten customized <laughs> has been just ludicrous. So let's jump into these five principles, um, kindness, gratitude, integrity, humility, and acceptance. And we're going to just highlight why you came up with these five principles. Why are they the foundation? And then just give a brief overview of them. Sure. So the reason why I came up with these, and it goes back actually exactly 30 days before my little unicorn niece was playing in the grass in those sneakers. I was at a business luncheon and uh, Ryan Holiday was speaking and I really enjoy his work. He wrote a book. He was promoting a book called Stillness is the Key. I happened to be sitting at his table and he asked everyone in your life, what do you know to be true? What do you know for sure? What matters to you most? Effectively, what's your North Star? And I had never heard that North Star kind of term. And without thinking, I said, I think for me, kindness is everything. And I expand a little bit how I think that the rest really doesn't matter. It's how we treat one another. That's really at the core of our being. I thought about that and about that special day in Miami as I started to dig into principles that could give me some comfort and make me feel solid and whole at the onset of COVID, something to sort of hold on to. So I said, what else besides kindness? And ultimately what I came up with was 
gratitude. Gratitude to me is the easiest principle to get started with. You don't have to have a process. You don't have to have a practice. I think the only wrong way to do it is not to have any sense of gratitude. And then I thought about what sort of sits in the middle as a core, and that's integrity. And I think that integrity is you either have it or you don't. You know, I think it has to do with decency and certainly honest and trustworthiness, but integrity makes us solid in many ways. And humility, I think, was one of the most underappreciated principles. Humility really has to do with understanding, I think, our significance and even insignificance in the world. And lastly, I thought acceptance acts as sort of the anchor here because acceptance really keeps us grounded in reality. It sort of, it, it allows us to be mindful and acknowledge what is rather than regret what isn't. And so within each of these principles, I distilled one key ingredient. I'll go through them very quickly. With kindness, I think we need compassion. And I do believe that that's at the heart of it. I think gratitude is all about awareness. Our sense of awareness makes us more grateful for things. Integrity, I still believe decency is, is, is what drives it. And with humility, I think it's about perspective. Again, that sense of perspective on life, our role in it, our size and scope in it. And lastly, acceptance, I actually think has to do with flexibility, uh, because I think flexibility allows us to realize that our minds have this ability to have stretch and bend. And in many ways, flexibility is a sign of strong mental health, knowing that we can carry conflicting emotions. We're going to feel some good things and some bad things, but it's okay. And as you pointed out, it's okay. To, we're, we're still going to be okay. I like all five of these principles and with these principles, like I think flexibility can be seen in each one of them because we're always going to, you know, grow and evolve just like the world is evolving. I think we need to do that personally as well as professionally too, and always do a audit of where we are in our life, in our lives. Are we, are we exhibiting kindness? Like we may think we're exhibiting kindness, but is someone telling us otherwise? And is it true? Can we look right. ourselves in the mirror? Um, gratitude. One of the ways that I tell people, if you have a hard time practicing gratitude, get you a journal and write down all the things that you're grateful for, or each day that you wake up in the morning, uh, celebrate that as soon as your feet hit the ground, just be thankful that you woke up to see another day because there was someone that was not afforded that opportunity mm -hmm. to wake up to see today. So you had a choice to hit that reset button and do something different than yesterday. You can't go back to yesterday, just like you can't speed up and go into the future, but you can be present in the moment. When I think about integrity, integrity is tied to your core values, your mission, your characteristics. How are you holding yourself accountable and how are you showing up in the world? Are you acting one way behind closed doors, but acting a different way in, in public? Um, then just humility. Oh my gosh. I just think about humble beginnings. Like when I think about me and being, um, having humility, I think about my start ugly moments. I think about how I overcame being a victim of bullying. I think about overcoming depression. I think about, you know, some of the days when I feel like I literally have to go back and check myself because what I said was so nasty and ugly to my husband. And if he said that to me, I knew it would just be, oh, oh, okay, you said that. And it would probably be a fight. And 
It's just, I had to realize that you can't blame everything on your hormones or you can't blame everything on your circumstances. Because if you think it, you're obviously feeling it. And you have to ask yourself, is this going to add value to the next person or is it going to take it away? And I tell them I'm an imperfect person, but I'd rather have progression over perfection. And I think it takes humility to get to that point. And then acceptance, being able to accept people for who they are and realizing that they're on the same journey that you're on um, growth wise, like we're all going through growing pains, we're all going through different things in life. And just because they may be doing one thing one way does not mean that you need to force them to adapt to your way. You're absolutely right. And to put an exclamation on that last point, I think that acceptance in many ways is an acknowledgement of the truth, whether it's how someone is, something that has happened to us. It's very easy to accept things that we want, but how do we accept things that we don't want? It's a sign of maturity. It's a sign of being sensible and practical and understanding that I can't control this, but I can only control how I feel about it. And so I think you you did a perfect overview of the principles in the unicorn and you uh, even better than I did. And I think that in listening to you talk about them, what I so appreciated was that it reminded me of what I really set out to do here, which was to in many ways prompt or spark people to ask themselves what principles matter to them? You know, what makes them feel solid and whole that can ultimately make them feel like what gives them peace and joy. And I think you're right. Integrity kind of sits there right in the middle as saying, this is how we define our values. And in so many ways, you know, there's a great quote I have in, in the book about how, you know, integrity, having it is, is gives us the, the softest pillow. You know, we remove the gray area from our decision-making. We don't have to rationalize or justify anything. You know, we, we know what we stand for. We have defined values and we're able to make decisions based on that. And so wonderful, wonderful recap there of, of all of the principles. Thank you. And let's jump into our call to action segment, Josh. When listeners and viewers listen to this or watch the video, what action do you want them to take after hearing the unicorn in you and going through the five principles? You know, I'm going to pull something that you said kind of a little bit earlier as a call to action, because I think it's really valuable. And that is that oftentimes it's helpful to do a personal audit of where we stand and our values. And I would ask everyone if these values connect with you in any way, whether kindness, gratitude, integrity, humility, and acceptance are something that really resonate, do a personal audit on where you stand with them, a real honest one as well. And, you know, to me, there's an exercise I can do where you can, you know, look at your humility. You know, there's a great quote in there. We've all read C.S. Lewis books at some point in our life, I think, and C.S. Lewis, the quote I use in here is that humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's uh, thinking of yourself less. And I think that really strikes a chord with people who, you know, want to maybe do a little bit of an inventory and say, where do I stand on this? How have I, how kind have I been to others? How, how about to myself? Have I, has my word meant anything when it comes to integrity? Have I been grateful for the day? I love what you said about the idea that so many people are so much less fortunate than us and that here we are greeting another day and we're fortunate to be able to do that. And even that in, in, in and of itself is important. And so doing a personal inventory, I think, could be a very simple call to action. And then perhaps as a second part, define your values. What, what principles really make you who you are and are important to you? Lovely. 
And um, now plug your website, Josh, and where you primarily hang out on social media. So you can certainly learn a little bit more about me and, and who I am at joshkramer.com. But I have a separate website and social media for the book, and it's theunicornandyou.com. And my Instagram is theunicornandyou as well. And, you know, it's the type of thing that I love, enjoy, I enjoy having conversations like this um, with, with, with enlightened people like you who are spreading such positive and, and, and wonderful energy. And, and I love connecting with everyone as well. I'd love to hear what your thoughts are on the book and, and any feedback you have and input. And so I hope to hear from everyone. And there you have it, listeners and viewers of GEMS Podcast. Once again, I am the founder and host, Miss Genesis Amarskamp, and my special guest today was Josh Kramer. All of his contact information will be in the show notes, so definitely scroll down so you can tap in with him. Go grab a copy of his book, and I challenge you to do your personal audit and assessment of the unicorn in you. Ask yourself the five principles and how are you measuring up with those five principles? And don't forget to subscribe and share this segment. We're on 40 plus platforms. For those of you interested in video content, you can find us on YouTube at Gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp. And lastly, but not least, we are looking for brand sponsors. The space is limited. So you can find out more information by heading on over to genesisamariskemp.net. And you'll also see that we are ranked in the top 3% globally out of 2.8 million podcasts per www www.listennotes.com and until next time peace love and lots of blessings have yourself an amazing day and go take the challenge thank you for listening to another segment of gems podcast hope you enjoyed this recording make sure you like comment share and subscribe to gems podcast on your audio platform as well as our YouTube channel, Gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at gems, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P, at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcasts.